Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 64. And the New York Rangers have cut the series lead in half of the Hurricanes, the 2-1. to one. Game 4 at home tomorrow. Well, it'll when you're listening to this, it'll be tomorrow, but it's actually in two days. But when you're listening to this, it'll be tomorrow. Uh, yeah, we have a lot to break down. Uh, it was an exciting day. Uh, a day game, a 3.30, a rare Rangers win during the during the day game. I feel like they always end up blowing it. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about, Andy, especially since I missed the last podcast. So I got to start by asking you, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. The Rangers uh, with a all-too-important win. Uh, it's boiling hot in New York City, so I was a little worried the ice was going to be bad, but it actually didn't seem so bad. Which so hope I'm guessing there wasn't like an event at MSG the other day, which is good uh, because if there was, they'd be swim, you know, they'd be doing laps. It would be like uh, Michael Phelps, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. The Rangers have slowly improved their game throughout this series, um, and it's obviously night and day compared to the last series. So yes, they've obviously still shot themselves in the foot a few times in this series. Hence why this is because it, it could very well be to um this series could be tied right now or the rangers could even be ahead right this is game three so excuse me tied idiot uh but no uh, you know they they almost won game one they were what two minutes away from winning game one and then they blew it you know on a just so and then the last game obviously the canes were the better team but the rangers weren't it still wasn't it (laughs) i think comparatively to the first round the swings aren't as big and you never feel like the Rangers are in as deep of danger as they were at any point during uh, against the Penguins. So, yeah, it just seems like they're slowly believing they can maybe make this a series, too. And I think that's what we're seeing play out on the ice. Yeah. And, you know, Andy, it's so frustrating because you feel like the Rangers are right there. Right. And you come into game three, you're down two zero, a frustrating game one loss where you had the lead with you know, two and a half minutes left. Kako misses the empty net. You know, that could have sealed the deal. You know, you feel like if you get two goals this series and, you know, you have Igor on his game that you have a real good chance to win this. So, you know, it's just so frustrating as a fan. But here we are, you know, if you told me the Rangers would be competitive in the second round of the playoffs before the season started, I'd certainly sign up for it. But here we are bleeding hearts and pissed off that the Rangers are going into game four, down two games to one. Now, game two, I thought, was just the Rangers didn't have a chance. Uh, They were just outworked and out-hustled, and although it was tight, it was clear that, you know, Carolina just wasn't giving the Rangers anything. They were just absolutely suffocating them in the neutral zone. They, you know, get the puck in. All shots were from the outside. They looked like beach balls coming in on Ranta. And, you know, it, it, the Rangers just really didn't have a chance. They had the four-minute power play that they blew. They didn't get anything going. Uh, they give up the shorthanded goal, which was absolute a backbreaker of a goal to give up. Of course, it's Brendan Smith. So, you know, just everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Rangers. And, you know, they fell short in game two. And, 
it just makes it even more frustrating because you're like looking at this team, you're like, man, if like an Aaron just stepped up one game, if you know, Mika just had a you know a game where he took over, you know, if Ryder just you know gets two goals bouncing off his butt like he did all regular season, like why can't these guys just put it together? And it's it's just so frustrating. And um, you know, Andy, I, I saw a tweet, and you know, I kind of want to get your you know your take on it because. I think this tweet is pretty valid and it was more on along the lines of yes, Carolina is a great team. Yes. Carolina has a good coach. Yes. Carolina has a great system, but the Rangers are getting stifled by Brady Shea, Brendan Smith, Tony D'Angelo. And those three guys basically left New York because they were defensive liabilities. So, you know, to say that the hurricanes are unbeatable, or unpenetrable, you know, is a lie. You know, this team is flawed. They have weaknesses. You know, the Rangers need to move their feet and start, yeah. you know, exploiting that defense and get the puck in deep and go to work. Well, you know? I think the promising thing is that they want the game they won today. Uh, Zibanejad draws the call on uh, Brady Shea behind the net, just, you know, just winning a foot race in a battle. So he draws the call and then he scores the power play goal. And then, on the second Kreider goal, uh, you know, those two are working, uh, you know, most uh, D'Angelo and his pair. I think I forget who they pair him with. It's either it's not Pesci. It's some whoever he's, he's paired with right now. But um, he's working, you know, D'Angelo and his partner um, below the hash marks. And then Mika with a well-timed stick lift that sends Tony's stick into orbit. And instead of going to quickly try to pick it up and get in position, he spends, you know, like three important seconds kind of joined to the ref looking for a call. And then he too late tries to go block the shot that Kreider takes without a stick. And he almost screens Ranta and then Kreider's able to put it top corner and for the second goal. So to your point, yes, those guys have stifled the Rangers at times, but they, they're also still liabilities. And that's the thing I think to your point about, yeah, Carolina is a good team, but if you ask me is like, it's like, yes, they're playing well, but I still maintain the Rangers' biggest enemy in this series is themselves. Because I think even in this game, once they started, you know, Turk smartly changed up the lines to try to generate and they started getting chances. And yes, it, it, unfortunately, they were it kind of their defensive structure. Then started <laughs> like, you know, they had, in games one and two, they were pretty good defensively. You know, obviously, at times they had. Carolina had pushes, but it was never crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, they kind of got outworked in game two, but it wasn't you ever felt like it was Pittsburgh where they were literally just it was a, a fire drill in their own zone. You know what I mean? So and then I thought. But like they were generating chances. And once that happened, I saw Carolina almost get in their own heads a little bit. And then they just weren't defending as well or, you know, their outlets weren't as crisp and they were holding on to the puck trying to just find the extra seam and try not to turn it over. And then and then the Rangers kind of, yeah, I think just in terms of even though they maybe didn't get the sheer amount of shots that Carolina gets just by being a well-structured system team that's faster, they, you know, they started generating a bunch of how many times in this game um, did the Rangers finally just put the puck on net and then you saw just two blue jerseys just trying to jam at it and then it would whistle as Ranta would jump on it and then a bunch of you know white jerseys would just start cross checking you know Rangers in the back but it made them uncomfortable and they finally it took you know it, it should have taken them this long to get to that point but lo and behold it did and they scored more goals than they you know the combined in one game than they did in uh two games so yeah so i mean you have to hope that this is just a mental belief for them that like, oh, okay, we can skate with this team. Yeah, they're faster than us, but it's all right. If like, and I, it's weird because it, you did, you could see the frustration clearly at the end of the game on the body language on Caroline. Like they showed Jordan Stahl on the bench after the empty net, and he was because they're kind of incredulous that they can't seem to win a game on the road. And also, Domi takes a real, you know, fucking chicken shit, uh, cheap shot on Lindgren in the with the dying seconds of the third as the game was already out of out of hand you know what I mean but you could tell it's kind of in their heads and then you know D'Angelo was drawing at Turk and then Turk's telling them go you know stop flapping his gums and go fuck himself and all this other stuff so it'll be interesting to see if he gets uh, fined but uh, who knows but yeah I think the Rangers are this would this could be a good moment for them to get some confidence going back to Carolina 
Yeah, and it's a it's a huge game for and you know there's certain things that the the Rangers have to work on, and you know I I think one of those things is just sustaining pressure, right? You know, get the puck down deep, go to work. It doesn't have to be um, pretty. It just has to you know it just has to be with effort. And you see what happens when you make their defensemen you cause chaos in those corners. The, the their D men can't give out the pretty outlet passes that they're so used to and. Carolina's pretty good at stretching the ice. They 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 do a pretty good job of breaking out. And, you know, you just want to slow that down. You want to yeah. make that as frustrating as possible. And the Rangers did that at moments. And at some moments they didn't. You know, it it's listen, it's the playoffs. These you're at the final eight teams in the in the league right now are playing. There's gonna be moments where you're gonna get hemmed in your zone. There's gonna be moments where you're just flat out outplayed. But you know, the Rangers need to kind of turn the tides a little bit. Uh, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they did a better job shooting and throwing the pucks on net. They need to keep doing that. Like, that's that's when, you know, throw the puck on net, you know, have guys actively crashing. And if it goes wide or gets deflected, be the first person on that puck or at least be there a split second after they get there and throw the hit. Don't let them gather the puck and make an outlet pass because this team loves the transition on you and you just got to slow them down, frustrate them. They're going to they're going to have their moments, Andy, but you got to just frustrate them. Yeah, and I think there's way more room available for the Rangers and the breakouts because unlike where in Pittsburgh, they were Sullivan was smartfully so literally sending a guy in on a, you know, on a suicide mission to to like make to just to forecheck and get on the the D-man corral and the puck behind the net as fast as possible, and then the Rangers would cough it up. They're instead they're trying to clog, you know, the walls a little bit more because the Rangers kind of like to rim it out blindly to a fault. But if you are confident, you know, just hanging on to the puck or just you know be trying to outfox uh, the you know F one as they try to forecheck on you, then there's space there if you hold on to it that you can step to the middle of the ice, like, you know, or at least the middle of the zone and find someone. And it, it's just interesting because it's like, I've it's even looks like Truba and Keandre, now that they're actually a little bit bigger than some of Carolina's forwards, that they actually have, it's easier for them to get out of their zone with possession or ward off, uh, you know, Martin Nietzsche or, or, or Aho or, you know, or some of the or Domi or any of these guys who are a bit smaller, you know, maybe not Jordan Stahl, but he's kind of slow as molasses. But um, so, yeah, there I mean, there is available ice in this series. I, it feels like there's a lot more available in this series than there was against. I think the problem is it's available. But at some point you run into the, their perfect structure where they can then just if you if they get a stick on it or they just get to it first, they can send it the other way. You just have to you can hold on to the puck. but. Uh, yeah, I mean, the second you just make a haphazard play, they can just corral and go back the other way and counterattack with speed, and they can activate their D really quickly to put the Rangers in fits, you know. But uh, they listen. I think the silver lining is this: this Rangers team is not going to get swept, so that's good. Yeah. A and B, um, you know, Carolina has yet to win on the road, so that's good. But you know, knock on wood, we'll see if the Rangers can keep that streak alive. And then C, it just seems like the Rangers. They've def. They're. I think they're the only. Well, actually, I would say Tampa looks like they've gotten better. Although, or maybe you could say they just got warmed up. But you know, just back to their winning ways. But I think the Rangers. You can literally see the growth in real time, which is pretty wild to see. Because usually, you, you're supposed to arrive in the playoffs as like a fully formed thing. But it's such a. It's the first go around for so many of these guys, and I think you just kind of seeing the, the light bulb go off, and whether it's the kids or Filipedal or. Uh, Keandre or hell even Brain Schneider who I think has started to look a lot better and more comfortable than he was in the Penguin series where he was uh, terrible you know so yeah it's just it's cool to see and again I, I mentioned off the top that I didn't want care if the Rangers won this round so much I didn't think they would I just wanted to to be competitive and it looks like it's on its way to at least it looks competitive to me so I, I can't be too upset you know now obviously that there's a glimmer of hope they put their, you know, there's a crack in the door. I obviously want them to to kick it open and and see if they can, you know, how far they can push it and help maybe even win the series. But, you know, I think it's just they're they've been good all year about taking it one game at a time and 
you know, and, and Turk is never too high or too low other than when he's yelling at Tony D'Angelo. So um, I think this group is, uh, yeah, I, I think they're at least hopefully they can come back to the garden um, on Tuesday and tie the series up. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. And, you know, Carolina is going to come out and they're going to be, you know, itching to finally get their first road win in the playoffs. And, you know, one of the things that Carolina is going to want to address and probably work on in their off day is, you know, their power play. You know, they're 0 for 3. They've been absolutely putrid. I think they were like 9 for 86 or something like that. Yeah, it was bad. It, Ray, like, Ray Faro is crucifying them on, yeah. on the, the, the telecast about it, it because it's just and it's funny because as Rangers, you know, the Rangers have had a good power play all year. And obviously, if so many people like, well, they don't call penalties in the playoffs, so it's not going to be important. Well, not this year, apparently. <laughs> so uh, it's been and it's been important for the Rangers. I mean, they want they won their series against Pittsburgh on it and they got their the much needed first goal to open up their offense in this game. So it's important. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Yeah, absolutely. It's important. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's the difference maker. I mean, you can argue the fact that the Rangers were able to kill off two penalties in the third period and not give up that tying goal. You know, that, that, that's huge. That's a momentum builder. You know, I, you know, a team can rally behind that. And it's just, you know, for the for the Rangers to get Mott back was huge. I mean, the guy kills penalties. He obviously scored uh, on a brilliant little nifty shot, you know, from his own zone to put it in and kind of seal the deal for the New York Rangers after Kreider missed a wide open net. And, you know, empty nets have been our, you know, you know, have been, uh, God, what's the, uh, what is Superman? Kryptonite. Yeah, there we go. Uh, empty nets have been like our kryptonite. We hate, we hate them. And, you know, it's just these little pl- these I shouldn't say little players, but th- these low key players that have entered our you know our team like Mott and you know even if you I guess look at you know Frankie Vitrano and 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 Cop you know they they ha- they've made us such a more deeper team and it's great that you know we can rely upon them and especially getting Mott back has been such a blessing like like I know this is crazy but. You know, I don't think if we get Mott back, we don't win in Pittsburgh. And, you know, if we don't have Mott for this series, I think we're screwed. And he is like, you know, in my eyes, he's almost like Jesper Faust and how, you know, he's one of those guys that just works hard. He's makes a lot of really nice plays, you know, he's killing penalties. He does all the things that aren't pretty that might not show up on a stat line. And, you know, he was able to get an empty netter and a nice little shot. So. Um, you know, good for him. And, you know, Andy, I, I don't know, man, this is like, it's wild. We're sitting here in the second round. We're only down two games to one. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> are we spoiled? Like, like, am I, I crazy for like, being like, no, we can fucking do this. Like, no, there's no reason not. why we can't. And I, like right before we recorded, uh, I was like, you know, we record this, sat down and record this podcast. I told James, I'm like, hey, just give me 10 minutes. I'm going to walk the dog and we'll do it. And I'm just walking my dog around the block. And, you know, it's still it's uh, it was still it was, you know, dawn or dawn. It's, you know, du- it's dusk. The sunset It's kind of, you know, it's hot. Almost it feels like a hot summer night, even though it's technically the spring. And I'm just thinking about it. And I'm like, I can't believe this team is still alive. I know they technically made it to the second round. 
But like just like you said, it's like there's only eight teams left and they're the, the, the creme de la creme of the league. And I'm just like, it feels like for the first time I was like, because obviously, even though the Rangers won that first series, the imposter syndrome was real, you know, just feeling like, oh, one of these things is not like the other. But just watching, even though they were before this game, they were down two games. It's like they almost won game one. And they didn't they're not getting embarrassed anymore defensively, at least um, on the defensive side of the puck. And I'm just like, they're in it. And I'm just like, yeah, I just I just finally I had that glimmer of maybe they can do or get close to doing something special, and especially because it's like just watching um, Florida earlier, just get just get defeated, just give up, you know, against Tampa. Just they packed it in because they were just getting, you know, their shit kicked out of them. And Florida is supposed to be an endgame. They won the President's Trophy. They have Barkov and Huberdu and now Claude Giroux and they have Aaron Ekblad and they have um, Sam. Uh, what's his name? Sam Gagne. They, you know, they have like and uh, although I'm not sure. I forget if he I didn't get to watch the very hate card for Hagee, who's been, you know, on sicko mode. But. I'm just for whatever reason, you know, we, we you and I have been talking about the sauce, right? Yeah. I don't think the Panthers have the sauce. I think the Rangers are a terribly flawed team <laughs> and a young team, but they they have the sauce. I can't I can't really I don't really know how else to explain it. And I'm not that doesn't mean they're going to win the cup because I think whoever meets up with the Avalanche is just going to get fucking buzzsawed or Tampa for that matter. But um you know, I mean, God help this team if they somehow survive and then have to play the Tampa Bay Lightning in the third round. You know what I mean? But I don't know, man. It's there is a glimmer of something. It's it's I guess it's called hope and it's it's scary, but it's also I. You know, I'm kind of done saying they can't. And, and listen, this is going to sound really stupid if they like lose the next two games and they're out. But I don't know. I just. I think that this team is all season. It's just no matter what, it's like they don't look good enough. They don't play good enough defense. They're only their goaltender. Their goaltender's not a playoff performer, even though he, I think he's got, he, is he leading the postseason in save percentage? He's got like a 921. Uh, he faces the most shots, but I think after today he does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like it's just, it's always all these excuses about why this team should not be here or their food gaze. You know, you got Paul Bissonnette, who's obviously just trying to, capitalize i mean it's a shtick yeah yeah. and that's a that's not to get on a tangent of that but just like if you're getting worked up over this it's a shtick like shut up are you an idiot just just if you don't if you if you really don't want to like just don't feed into it and then you don't have to deal with it it's just it's it's just to drive clicks and and you know conversation of you so just stop and he's like a bad actor too it's like it's not even like like it's like scripted to the point where it's like like Dude, spare me. Like they literally off, do it every year. I mean, or you know, but it's like Whitney. The, yeah, I they, mean, Whitney is is already fought with Islanders fans about being delusional. Um, you know, obviously now he's on the Edmonton bandwagon because he used to play for them. Obviously, Bissonette was on the Penguins. He got drafted by them, so hence he. You know, so it's just it's a shtick. So just I'm gonna leave it at that because everyone else is getting so worked up over it. Just don't get worked up over it. It's just it's stupid. But um. But yeah, to my back to my point is that it's just there's been so many dissenting. Oh, sorry, I just saw a picture of Igor and Wayne Gretzky after the game. So that's he's getting the rub. I like it. Um, but yeah, I, you know what? I do want to ask you about Igor. You know, he lets in that softy on the backhand, and he's had. That's the one thing that I think's really given him trouble throughout the playoffs is just reading shots off the backhand. I mean, we remember. Uh, I think there's been three. There's been the shorthanded, uh, what's his name, uh, Evan Rodriguez goal, right? Yep. I was on a backhand, obviously tonight. Uh, or didn't isn't it, didn't um, isn't this the second backhand that Nino Niederreiter has taken, <laughs> right? Or no, not Niederreiter. It was um, was it yeah. was it, or one was Trocheck and one was Niederreiter, right? Oh, uh, in game. Well, Niederreiter scored tonight. Uh, or today rather. yeah and yeah. i don't know i'm I'm probably getting mixed up but well, i just it just it just seems like shots on backhands have really or you know it's been igor's having trouble reading them 
Probably because he reads the game one. So I, I watched game yeah. two on a phone and I, it was being yeah. thrown across the bed. At- well, it's just funny. I think Igor reads the play so well that shots on the backhand are so hard to, to follow their release and their trajectory. And it's really getting to him, you know, but. So listen, he lets in the stinker and then the rain, the garden immediately starts chanting his name almost to be like, hey, man, you made so many good saves already, like to pre show appreciation and almost to say, don't like let it get to you, you know, and he was great before that goal and he was great after that goal. And then he made a point in in the postgame presser, like he said, I want to like tell the fans like I thank you so much for supporting me. I, I know I let you down on that one play uh, and it means like so much to me. Well, it- let me let, well, let, let's put it this way, Andy. If I told you, uh, Andy, for game three, Igor will finish the game with uh, 977 save percentage. Would you take that? Yeah, exactly. Right. So but uh, but obviously in the in real time, you see him let in a bet. The Rangers are up two goals. You're like, all right, Hank they're cruising. In, it's a back and it's a backbreaker. A, yeah. Hank let in a lot of softies, though. I mean, yeah, in, and especially he's in the, the playoffs. Team. I mean, the one goal in particular was against the Ottawa Senators in the playoffs where uh god who was it it wasn't neil someone from like the goal line shot it on the the boards where the goal oh line yeah well, i forgot he shot that. it and it like i probably through. repressed that one but like people are like you know oh my god it was such a weak goal it's like yeah but you know what he made almost 50 saves so it's can you know can we just outscore our opponent like if if igor shits the bet on one goal and that's all the other team gets it's not Igor's fault. Like it's your offensive fault. Like you know, it, it just it's one of those things where you know it, it's not like the Pittsburgh game where you're like, all right, he needs to get pulled because he's not clearly he's not on and the team is not playing in front of him. You know, there's never been really a game where you're like, well, Igor blew this one. It's been a collective team effort. You know, you know, you can argue that the Ming lost Pittsburgh that game. Because he, you know, made a bad play off, you know, the Kreider shot from the point and it, you know, went over his head and into the goal. Like that's a, that's, that's one that's a backbreaker, you know, Igor doesn't really let that happen. I mean, yeah, he let in a softy today, but you know, 977 save percentage, I wouldn't exactly say, you know, those are, that's something to worry about. It doesn't worry me if, if that answers your question, it's, it's something that, he's aware of at least and you know i think you know one of those things those goals maybe motivates a team to be like listen like that fucking sucks but you know what look what he's done for us boys let's fucking get one back for him and you know hopefully that you know fires up the squad on the bench to you know really bear down and 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 maybe you know turn the tide a little bit and you know get some pressure and get some scoring chances the other direction because i tell you the quickest way to get you know Igor's head right back on straight is to you know score a goal or at least spend the next five minutes at you know in the other team's zone to be like all right you know the boys have responded for me you know thank you you know it's listen it's a team effort and you know Igor's certainly not a non-issue this playoffs the only thing that I think that the Rangers really need to concentrate on is is building you know momentum shift after shift and come in waves and just outwork your opponent. And like I said, it doesn't need to be pretty. It doesn't need to be one of those things where, you know, you make a tic-tac-toe play and you score a nice goal. Like those are great and all, but you know, I, I want to see you throw the puck on net. It hits off three skates and goes in. I, I, yeah. I don't mind those goals. They count, <laughs> they count for one, just like, you know, those tic-tac-toe, you know, backdoor plays. Yeah. So um, here's a question. Sure. And we've spoken about it. I guess that line's not getting enough ice time for it to be a major thing. But, we, you know, at some point, don't you think this team, they would take Reeves out and put Brodzinski or, or Hunt in his place just to get a little bit more speed and jump on that line? I mean, I, I mean, not, and listen, I don't want to say Reeves has been a problem, although I just think he's been kind of a non factor. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe a nice four check here or there and holds the puck, but nothing ever happens from it. You know what I mean? Whereas like Hunt actually has the chance to put the punt, puck in the net as unlikely as it might be seem, you know? Yeah, I, you know, but I understand. I also understand like it's like for the he's kind of like a he's kind of like a, a, a security blanket for this team, too. It's almost, or or I would say he's like a, like a deterrent, not so much for like the violence or whatever, but just I don't know. It just 
they like having him around and even though he's not going to maybe chip in or do anything offensively it's like i don't know it just they, they everyone else might play a, like a two percent better having him around even if he doesn't really add much yeah i mean i don't know i he loves the fourth line andy and it's you know i i you know even even today you know i made multiple comments being like is he really throwing those guys like there was an offensive face-off with 10 minutes and 34 seconds left, I think. And, you know, he has got the fourth line taking that face-off. It's like, you're up by one. It's an offensive draw. Why not put out, like, one of your top three lines? Like, you know, I, even, I don't even mind you doubling up on a center. You know, if you want to keep Rooney on the wing and just let Mika take the face-off or, you know, I know something. Or, or cop let, let Cop take the face-off and, and put, stick Rooney on the wing and, you know, depending on how the play, you know, develops, you know, you know, Rooney can immediately skate off the ice and you can get someone else back on there. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I think he really loves utilizing those guys. And he, I think he sees, you know, Reeves as a huge asset and whether or not he's like, it's more about having the presence on the bench, you know, does it keep Tony in line? Does it put fear in the God of, you know, uh, Sebastian Ajo that, you know, Reeves might take a run at him. Like, I, I don't know. Like, those are those are stuff that maybe he just has that feel on the bench and um but i i am with you you know i would like hunt to play a game if let's just put it this way andy and i don't know if you agree with this but you know if say the rangers lose game 3 do you put hunt into the lineup and take reeves out knowing that you really need some speed and spark plug and just to have a guy that you know will certainly outwork the other team and hopefully bang in a goal, you know, possibly outwork their fourth line. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I just think seeing how effective Mott's speed has been as one of the, the only speedy guys or speedy forechecking guys on this team. Um, or even I think Philip Heedles looked pretty nice, even though uh, maybe he's not an offensive juggernaut or anything. But clearly his speed backs them up. You know what I mean? I just think they're... Their fo- their D's are less less like they're more likely to let you come to them. Whereas Pittsburgh, we're gonna they were you know they were gonna try to run you into the boards, but obviously just risking the fact that you might be able to step around them. But the Rangers never really did, you know what I mean? Right. Um. So yeah, I just again like I think you said it's they yeah maybe may, just obviously after the how this last game went down, Reeves is definitely going to be dressed the next game. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, I don't know. I just it was just interesting. I was just trying to think to myself, maybe to get some fresher legs in there and get some a much needed jump. Will Turk do that? You know what I mean? But at, like I said, after the way this last game ended, they probably want Revo in the lineup uh, and to, in case any shenanigans goes down. But the Rangers have to be careful. They can't let scum, you know, I think. And I think that's going to be the young guys. I don't want to see Lafreniere trying to prove he's tough and then take dumb penalties. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and, and like that's the thing too. It's like, you know, for a guy that's playing, you know, less than nine minutes, was it really worth, you know, is it worth scratching Reeves to play Hunt for eight minutes and thirty seconds of the game, you know? Too, uh, I don't know. I, maybe he just sees that as like for those eight minutes, is it really a difference maker if you have Hunt over Reeves? And for me, it's like Hunt is one of those guys where you can even throw out there if you're lines get jumbled up on a power play or a special teams you know situation where you, you you doubled up two guys from two different lines and they're out there at the same time you know you need that space filler i don't feel comfortable sending reeves out there with you know against you know maybe their second or first line i'd rather have hunt out there who has a little bit of speed and chew up 30 seconds and get off the ice where you know reeves although like he's not playing horrible he just doesn't really do much other than you know, the occasional, you know, hit. Although, you know, today he had a, a good shot on goal on a little fast break where, thank God he shot the puck and didn't try making the play. But, you know, it, you know, it, it is what it is. I, again, the difference for that being, you know, is that a difference maker in the series? Probably not. You know, I still think you got to look at your horses and say, you know, are these the guys stepping up? Are they stepping up? Are they, you know, contributing offensively? Are they, you know, doing what they're supposed to do, or, you know, you know, when is Kreider going to, you know, break out and have a, you know, two goal 
you know, two goals on the power play. You know, those are the questions I think all New York Ranger fans are asking themselves. And, I, I, you know, what did you think of the j- jumbling of the lines a little bit today? Um, it clearly worked. I mean, at least it then seemed like he reverted back. Yeah. But but luckily they were still able to generate chances chances after that. Um, I just think. Again, this team is so it's such a meant there's I, the barriers are mostly mental for this team. You know what I mean? Also, you know, uh, maybe I some heard, guy. Yeah, sorry. I do, go ahead. I, I, no, I, do, I heard. Well, I don't know this for sure, but I looked it up and there seems to be some talk of it. But Panarin and uh, he, he might have a wrist issue. Yeah, I mean, listen, beautiful fake slap pass, you know, fake shot slap pass to Mika. On, but again, I think it's just it's the biggest thing with him is that um, it looks like he can still shoot the puck. It's just he doesn't for he's not for checking hard. And listen, Panarin was never like kind of bury you in the corner type of guy, but he was at least get in with a lower center of gravity and try to win pucks guy. Although I thought he was better. I thought this was his better one of his better games. I thought he played a little bit more direct and he didn't turn the puck over as much. You know, I don't think he was super effective outside of the power play, but I think I definitely thought he was better tonight. And I obviously a lot might have to do with just when you change stuff up, it's like, well, Strom went back to the center of the ice. So then there was less of the because even though he said Strom was technically the center when cop was on that line, then cop would and Strom would kind of flip flop to the middle. So cop would take the middle of the ice and then Strom and Panarin could do their perimeter dumb stuff. But when Strom had to just be in the middle of the ice and they put Heedle on that wing, um, or excuse me, Lafreniere. Um, I still, that was still weird to me. I, I liked all the jumbling they did. I just thought they should have flipped Heedle and uh, Lafreniere. You know what I mean? Because we know Lafreniere can, has already proven to, at least at times, have good chemistry with Mika and, and Kreider. And especially um, with the way Mika was playing. It was like, why not take yeah. advantage of not, that And that not line? that it didn't work, because I would say that was the best line for generating chances. Because yeah. Heedle is such a good fort checker with his body, big body and speed, and it then obviously that's kind of how Kreider. So maybe it wasn't for it wasn't the worst. You know what I mean? I just thought in my head going to that, I thought it would be different. And I thought Lafreniere this game was fine. He's pretty pedestrian. Uh, Heedle was definitely the best of the kids, even though they got broken up. Um, you know, and Kako, I thought eh, he was just, just kind of there. You know, nothing too egregious. I the one thing I like about Kako is that he's such a he's you know he's that stick lift and that little poke check of his is so good that he's the one guy I think that like where the other Rangers just always fail to clear the zone or get it, chip it out of the zone. He like will stick with it. He'll like spam like an NHL 22. He'll like spam stick lifts and poke checks until the puck finally gets out of the zone. He's like, all right, now I can change. Good. You know? So, yeah. Um, I did want to ask you in with the empty net when Kreider missed I know I was apoplectic. I only can imagine how you were feeling. What was going through your head when? Because I, the second he missed that, I'm like, they're about to lose this game. I'm like, Carolina's going to score. Yeah. All because Kreider could literally. And I mean, in a lot of ways, it makes the, it makes the Kako miss. Because that was a bang, bang play, you know, so maybe you could understand. He had all the time in the world. I just literally put it off the, off the post. I, my my wife was watching me like just I was like that you know f an idiot like he's gonna lose us the game I'm like I said I'm furious we're I'm like we just lost like the game's gonna be over now luckily uh unsung hero Tyler Mott you know nice little backhand up the ice and, and puts the empty and I'm glad he got it because he definitely deserved it you know for the way he played but gets a nice hero moment but yeah I was apoplectic James how are how are you reacting to that yeah I was in you know I was in the presence of my daughter I was in the presence of the in laws and. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah so i was like holding it back i was like are you like are you kidding me are are you kidding me and the moment he missed the rest of the period played out like in my head i'm like they come down they score the goal they push this into overtime and we lose in overtime and here we are talking about the brighter missed open net once again like it played out but like hours of my life played out right after he missed it but luckily Rangers were able to regroup and, and, you know, and this is why I like it. This is, and this is why I feel like the Rangers have a chance because I wasn't as good as Carolina is. I don't like their body language at times. Like 
I was they, just going to say that. Sorry, keep they, so continue. They, I don't know why. And, you know, right after they gave up that goal, I, like, I know they, like, realized they kind of lost the game. But even, like, prior to that, I, I just don't see any swagger to them. Like, and I, say say what you want about Tony. You know, he's the only one that I was like, all right, he's fucking fired up. Like, he wants to win and shove it up everyone's, you know, you know what. But the rest of the team, I just, not that they weren't working hard or, like, I didn't think they wanted to win, but they almost had, like, a case of the Rangers. Like, like where, you know, when the Rangers, like, play that flat game where you're just like, are you guys trying at all? Like, do you guys want this? Do you guys realize what's on the stake here? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I just wasn't impressed with with their body language. Like, I, I, I don't I don't know. Is that it? Were the, I didn't watch enough of the, the Hurricanes game in Boston. It, was that something that was apparent like in, in Boston? Yeah, I mean, they've been definitely Jekyll and Hyde at home and on the road. But yeah, hey, we know, listen, they, Carolina slept walk through the, the first uh, 40 minutes of game one and the Rangers almost won. You know what I mean? True. So they're far from perfect team. They play a style that can tire you out as the playoffs goes on. So maybe the Rangers could be a beneficiary of that, you know? Um, and obviously, as they learn to weather those pushes and those storms, uh, I I would imagine Pittsburgh Penguins fans are probably furious right now because they, they were probably say, well, you know, then the Rangers will get waxed by Carolina anyway. So what does it matter? You know, and we probably would have got waxed too. So it doesn't matter. But then just watching it, they, they probably now... Penguins fans are like, oh, if we had won, this might have been a winnable series for us. And now they're upset. You know what I mean? And I think that's the thing. I think, I mean, these are competitive games, right? None of the, it's like, it's not any of these, none of these were outclassing or blowouts, which we were hoping wouldn't happen. So, so yeah. And I mean, this is, I would say, James, is it fair to say this Rangers team is not the team that was in the bubble? Yes. It's definitely safe to say that. Say but, whatever, yeah. Say whatever you want about their problems or what what areas they need to improve upon or grow into or yada yada yada. But I think it's fair to say this is not, and and Carolina would probably agree this is not the same team they met in the bubble. Um, yeah, it's definitely there's, you know, it's not perfect, but there's a lot more competence there. And you know what, I I I. As hard as I am on Galan at times, because he's not an ex, I know he leaves it up to his assistants to do most of the X's and O's, and he's just more about kind of letting players play their game. Sometimes, most times, to a fault, or or sometimes to a fault. I think, yeah, I just think the Rangers are one of those weird teams in that they they're not the best team, but you could almost put them against any team, and they might figure out how to somehow hang on and play with them in some aspect. You know what I mean? It might not always be pretty, <laughs> but I mean, like I said, we're just watching uh, the Panthers who were basically the, an offensive juggernaut in the regular season and just stone, you know, all of a sudden tight checking the playoffs, stone cold, their offense is, is, is effed. They can't do anything. You know, they just Tampa is shutting them down. You know what I mean? So, and yeah, and, and you know, Andy, it, it's you know one of the questions I, I I think I have for you right now is like you look around the playoffs, and you know, obviously Tampa with a shocker three one three nothing series lead over Florida, um, you know, St. Louis was able to steal one on the road against Colorado. That was kind of a shocker. You know, Colorado is clearly a, just a better team than St. Louis, but they're hanging there. They're hanging in there. Edmonton is one-one with Calgary. They have a two-nothing lead at home in the middle of the second period. You know, the New York Rangers have just made the series two to one. They have Game Four at home. You know, with a legit shot, I think, to win with the way they're playing. I, you know, you look at the New York Rangers team. And you're clearly seeing a team not playing up to their potential. We've seen them play much better hockey in the regular season, you know, in, in terms of, I should say, you know, having guys step up. Is there anyone in particular that you really want to see take over a game? You know, I know Mika's had his moments. You know, Panarin had a big goal in game seven against Pittsburgh. 
Kreider's kind of been, you know, he's got six goals for the playoffs, but kind of. He's meh. just been inconsistent. He was, yeah. I thought him and Zabagi were good today, but just far too much inconsistency. Like, are you, two. are you itching as much as I am really for a breakout game where one of these lines, like they go off for a six point night, you know, where Mika and Kreider get six points, you know, combined, you know, where yeah. they're able to, you know. Well, they, that was game in the Penguin series. You know, right, it looked right. like it was going to be that in game one. I was like, oh, the cop Panarin Strom line is just going to like dummy. But then cop got hurt relatively quickly and Panarin's in- injury started affecting him more. And Strom is Strom. You know, he's throwing the most hits on the Rangers, even though it's like, I want you to put the puck in the net. I don't I don't pay. You know, you, you don't get paid to hit people. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And, t- and take dumb penalties. So. Yeah, I mean. I would obviously like it was nice to see Mika and I would honestly I want a game James where and it it can only it can be one goal each. I hopefully you know, I, I think in a perfect world you're like if you're not trying to be too greedy, you say, Can we get three goals in this game? Um but this is a tight checking series. But I would like to see a game where the Zabanajad line gets a goal and then the Panarin line gets a goal. Not either or. You know what I mean? Not on the power, not Panarin on, yeah, the, no on the power play. play. Yeah, I, want a five I want at five. even strength. Let's say, let's say Zabanajad uh, passes it to Kreider who buries it. And then on another shift, Panarin either finds Strom or Cop finds Panarin or Strom or whatever. Right. That's what I want, because that's when this team will be in the best shape when those guys are confident. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And like, I'm itching for it because we see, we saw it all regular season and listen, injuries do happen and stuff like that. But you know, there's injuries on the other side. There's in Carolina's, you know, has, you know, I'm sure if they got eliminated, you're going to find out that someone was playing with, you know, a broken finger or something ridiculous. Like it happens with every team. So, you know, for the New York Rangers to use that as an excuse is kind of soft in my, in my opinion. But you know, it, it just, I don't know. I, I want to see more out of our big guns. I, I want to see a game where they're like, they fucking just take over where you're like, man, that's a performance. Like, that's why we pay you $9 million. That's why you get paid $11 million because even when you're hurt, you're able to take over a game, you know, it, it, you know, it's it just, I'm waiting for that game where someone just takes over and we've seen, it for a period we've seen it for a couple shifts now i just want to see them put together a full 60 minute i want to see one of these lines really just dominate and establish you know establish yourself as like one of the best lines in the nhl i mean here you are there's eight teams left there's eight teams left and you know there's almost seven teams left (laughs) you know florida might be looking at a, a sweep so you know there have some pride you know be the line that, you know, takes over the series that, you know, ESPN is going to talk about, you know, I I want that moment. I want that team. And I think Ranger fans have waited long enough and I feel like Ranger fans really deserve it. You know, they deserve a special moment in these playoffs. And, you know, we kind of got it in game seven against, you know, the Penguins, but even that felt dirty, right? I, I didn't feel as unbelievable as that moment was. That wasn't the moment for me. You know, I'm still waiting for it. And um, I'm hoping Mika can deliver. I'm hoping Kreider could deliver. You know, Panarin, I know, is hurt. You know, there's obviously something bothering him. But, you know, I, I want to see him, you know, put the injury aside and, and find a way to, like, make two beautiful passes and set up top and take take over a game. You know, I want that special moment. So um, hopefully that happens in game four, Andy. So, uh, you know. I know we're happy right now, but you know it's it's going to be tough and it's going to be stressful. So uh, yeah, oh yeah, the heart heart heartache's coming in one way or, or another. But um, yeah, I mean, again, I I think I'm the great thing about sports is you can be a hypocrite because I know I, I keep saying I'm on record. I was like, I just want the kid like this to be a good learning experience for this group so they can like get better and better. And then the second they have a chance of maybe doing something, I'm like, do it. Like, what's wrong with you? Why would you do it? So. There's that's no good. I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful to be in that position because how many teams are looking, making, you know, how many fans of teams are looking at mock drafts of, uh, you know, kids that are playing over or looking at, you know, clips of kids playing overseas or the world championships and being like, well, maybe we could trade for this guy. I'm happy the Rangers are, are playing competitive hockey 
you know, they're in the fire with all these other, you know, the eight, you know, seven other teams around the league. And honestly, it's, it's the best time of year. So uh, it's very exciting. Once we log off, I'm going to watch the Battle of Alberta that's currently going on. I believe Edmonton is up, which is it's interesting. Three nothing, and I yeah. What? It's How much? Nothing Edmonton. I heard they had like 20 shots in the first period, so they, yeah, they're showing out well at home. And I hear McJesus yeah. is fly, so as soon as we log off, I'm probably going to watch it. But yeah, man, I mean, this team, they can do it. I mean, they've they've definitely earned the benefit of the doubt, and they're not getting embarrassed defensively. This is a close series, and it started out as like, they literally somehow got out of the something. They were digging themselves the deepest holes in the first round, and they somehow clawed their way out like Boba Fett from uh, the Sarlacc pit, which is a real nerdy reference. I apologize. Um, and now, yeah, just kind of those games one and two, you know, they lose game one. They just, they were so close, but you know, just kind of a self-inflicted just couldn't get it done. And, but it, it, they're close. They're so close. And I think that's the, that's kind of the theme of this team is that they're so close, you know, they're definitely luckily for them as much top-end talent as they have. A lot of teams have top-end talent, but I th- they do seem to somehow be better than the sum of their parts. Not so much in a in a on-ice play, just about like, you know, we can just hold on and make it interesting until we, uh, you know, until we get there. So, yeah, uh, hopefully by the time episode uh, our next episode drops on Thursday, the Rangers have tied the series up because if not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect how... <laughs> The, the state the somber mood of the how that episode appears in your uh in your podcast feed so hopefully for them uh they can get the job done and yeah hopefully the positive vibes can continue thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast network.com You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.